The opinions expressed in the Keeping It Sporty podcast are individual and are not necessarily representative of Spirit Live or Toronto Metropolitan University. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Keeping It Sporty podcast. You can listen to us on Spirit Live, Spotify, Apple, or by visiting our website at keepingitsporty.com. On today's episode, I am joined by a very special guest. He is a reporter for TVA Sport, the French network where some Habs games are broadcast on and where other sports are broadcast on, too. He is also a correspondent for the NHL network. I welcome to the show Renaud Lavoie. Renaud, comment ça va? Ça va bien. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, no problem. No problem. Of course, this interview would have been great in French because, you know, I could speak French decently well, but unfortunately, most of my listeners cannot. <laughs> no problem at all. Okay, so Renaud, let's get right into it. Um, I wanted to know, how did you get into this industry to begin with? Uh, that's a great question. My father uh, was working for uh, French CBC, Radio-Canada in Ottawa. So I grew up uh if you want in uh, in this industry uh my father was an anchor uh on the radio side and on the tv side so probably when i was uh, four or five six years old he was bringing me uh to uh, the radio station where he, where he was a morning man um and i obviously uh I, that that was during uh you know some off days at, at school so i was going with him and he gave me some uh, uh some little jobs to do uh here and there uh and one of the jobs that he was giving me back then uh you know computers were not uh like it is today actually uh i'm so old that computers was were just beginning i should say uh so when there was uh, a news on uh Agence France Presse or Reuters or Canadian Press or whatever uh, you want to call it, all these agencies, this, these press agencies, and there was an emergency. Um, it was uh, the all the news were coming on paper, like it was a big, big, big machine that was printing every, every news from every agencies. And that when there was a, a, an emergency, so an, an urgent news or breaking news, uh, the machine was uh, doing a bing, 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 bing. And my father said to me, every time there's you hear that sound, you need to bring me that news to the studio. So that was my job. I was six years old, I guess. And for a long time, I did that until I, I left uh, for uh, Jonquière, where I do, did my studying. Um that's in Stegep. Uh, it's a it's a three year uh, program. Uh, I did radio, and after that, I went back to Ottawa, where my father was working, uh, and started working there for a few years. Went to CJRC, uh, uh, CG, CJRC, which is another radio um, that doesn't exist anymore in in, in Gadno. Um, and they were they were broadcasting the Ottawa Santos games. I was working on it after that RDS, and uh, and the rest is history in, in a way. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool that you how you were saying you were you had to work with with your you got the opportunity to work with your father and how you got to yeah. report uh, and kind of physically report. You had to kind of run back and forth whenever you heard the machine ding. <laughs> yeah, which was quite unique when you, you when you think about it. It was a special time, and I'm I'm so happy that you know I I was young enough and or old enough in a way to realize what was going on, and obviously computers arise after, but. They, to, to, to kind of live what, uh, you know, people in our business were living probably 50, 60 years ago, even 70 years ago. It's kind of unique. Yeah, and, and it goes to show how much technology has come today. Yeah, it, it comes a long way. Now <laughs> you have your news uh, on your phone, right? Yeah, um, at the click of a button, exactly. <laughs> so so it's, it's totally different, but... Life change, you need to adapt. And that's what I'm trying to do, obviously, like everyone else. Oh, very nice. Yes, very nice. So, Renault, you have gotten the chance to interview many superstars throughout the years, you know, Sidney Crosby, David Pasternak, yeah. Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, etc. I wanted to know what goes into preparing for those interviews for yourself? That's a great question. Um, first of all, as much as you prepare, right? You really need to listen to what the mm -hmm. player or the coach or the manager is going to say. I'm going to give you a, an example here. Like uh, I was uh, doing an interview with Jim Montgomery on Saturday. We talked about how cool is it to have a Canes-Bruins game on a Saturday night in Boston. And Jim is from Montreal. And he said, yeah, it reminds me when I was uh, with my dad. And, uh, you know, we were driving uh, to the Montreal Forum back then uh, to see the Canadians play. And there was a song in the radio that I was listening coming to the ring today. And um, that reminds me that. So you need to go, you, instead of going to your second question, you, need, you still need to ask, what was that song, right? Mm -hmm. what, what, what was that song that brought you all these memories? And it was more than a feeling. So, but you need to do that um, to get, obviously, to, to make sure that people at home will understand that you're listening to what the coach is saying to you. If not, you're going to go to your second question quickly, right? So, you, you, listening is, is key. Um, and at the same time, when you listen, you, you need to think about your other question. So, you prepare before the interview those are normally short interviews um if you have to do a longer interview um obviously it's really important i believe to put everything on paper like you need you need to have a paper in front of you or close to you or put some notes on your phone that you need to there is some um question that you really really need to ask and to get the answers that you want and there's obviously, if you talk to a GM, there, there are different questions than to than to a coach or a player. So you you, but you need to be prepared. You need to think about what you you're doing because if you're not, what, here's what's going to happen. And and it happened to me before, so it's not it's not a secret. If you're not prepared, you're going to finish the interview, and you're going to say, oh, "I forgot to ask him this question. This was an important question." And you feel like you're not doing your job because you're not prepared enough. 
So being prepared is key. You just put question or just a word. Let's say I'm talking to Kent Hughes and, and, and I want to have an update on an injury on injuries. Just put the word injuries. You know, I want to talk to him about salary cap. Just put the word salary cap. You don't have to write all your question. You just need to put, you know, the, the topic of your question. You're going to remember exactly how you want to ask him. And like I said, you need to listen to what he's saying to you. Sometimes it goes really quickly. Uh, but I think even today, uh, it's, I've been doing this for the last 30 years now. So even today, I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. No one is. So, but, but you, I think really the, the goal is to put notes on a piece of paper or on your phone and listen. And if you're doing that, I think you're going to do a good job. Listening is very important because yep. if you're not listening to what they have to say, I mean, what's the whole point of the interview at all, right? So <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But it's easier, as much as it's, it's crazy, it's easier said than done, to be honest with you, especially uh, when you don't have much time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, let's say I'm at the Bell Center. The Canadians just won a game on a Saturday night. I need to do an interview on the ice with a player. Uh, I don't have much time to prepare because sometimes the player, it's changing from a minute to the other. Uh, the player can't do it because he, his family's already in the dressing room, whatever it is. Um, so you, you need to adjust quickly sometimes. And it, like I said, it's easier said than done. Yeah, that that's true enough because, I mean, to sit and listen to what they have to say, sometimes, you know, you're not as engaged and your focus is not there. So it's it's definitely, I, I guess that's what makes reporting so tough is is trying to listen. So I, I agree with yeah. you on that. I agree. And, don't rem and remember, remember that if you're doing TV, your producer is going to talk to you in your ear mm -hmm. while you're doing the interview. Think about it. So, and you need to, and I need to translate from English to French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that can be difficult. See, that's another added aspect, especially to, to your job and to, I guess, most people in Quebec who do the, who do, who are on the French uh, channels is that sometimes, obviously most of, well, yeah, most of the players don't speak French as well. So you have to, exactly you have to translate. Yeah. It becomes difficult. Exactly. Okay. So when you were younger, and growing up, I, I know you mentioned you're with your dad, obviously, and how you grew up doing that. But is this what you saw yourself doing in the future? And, and is this like, did, did you have a different plan? Not at all. Um, listen, I, to watch what my father was doing um, was so cool. I, I was so impressed. I was, uh, I liked every minute of it. So at six years old, I knew exactly what I was going to do. So I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, obviously, at six that I'm going to do interviews uh, with NHL hockey players. I, I couldn't say that to you um, back then. Probably back then I was more a hard news type of guy, right? Uh, which I, I did at one point in, in my career, especially when I started. But I realized that, you know, if you're doing hard news every day, if you're doing uh, politics, 
even it's a, if it's uh, the, the city politics or the province or the country, uh, it's you're not going to have fun because all the news all the time are negative. And I'm not a negative type of person. I'm more a positive type of person. So, so I was lucky enough to realize that quickly in my early career. And the Ottawa Senators arrived in Ottawa, and I took advantage of it. But, but to be honest, uh, at six, I didn't envision myself necessarily. Um, I couldn't say to you, well, this is what exactly I'm going to do. But I really enjoyed the game of hockey. I think my mom was saying to me that I was watching games at one year old. Uh, she was putting me in front of the TV and I was, uh, obviously, uh, sleeping probably after the national anthems, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that being said, uh, it gave me a, you know, uh, uh, in a way I, I realized that was part of my DNA to, 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 to be in the media, to watch hockey games, even if my father didn't really like it. And, um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I, I, I can I can say that I was really fortunate and lucky to have a father who was doing this. Yeah, because I, I imagine, like, I, I see it with myself now. It's for myself. It's always been a dream of mine to be a commentator. Um, yeah. And and I and I see for myself how difficult it is to break through into the industry. It is, especially now. But yeah. I'm gonna tell uh, I'm gonna tell you one thing. Obviously, it's different today than it was back then. But when I started in, in school in 1990 in uh, Jonquière, Quebec, um, there was a big recession in, in, in Quebec and in Canada. And the teachers were saying to us, we don't understand what you're doing here because there's no future. So that was in 1990. Now we're in, uh, in 2023. So 33 mm -hmm. years ago. Uh, they were saying this to me. If I was listening to them, I wouldn't be here today, right? We wouldn't do this interview. So obviously it's everything's different, but it's not because everything's different that people are not gonna adjust. And I believe that if you keep keep going at it, if you keep grinding, you you'll find your way. This is the, the way life works. C'est la vie. <laughs> C'est la vie. Exactly. Um, okay, so, you know, could you briefly, I'm, I'm just curious, because obviously your days are sometimes complex when it comes to when you report yeah. to Habs games, but could you maybe go through maybe what a day of your life looks like when you are reporting for the Habs, maybe that, that evening? Well, or we talk about, I can talk about right now. Okay. I'm in Anaheim, so I was in Boston, I flew to Anaheim, uh, so right now it's, uh, 5.51 in the morning. Oh, I my God. Up, uh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, at, first of all. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. I woke up at 3.45 to do a radio hit at 4 a.m. local time. Oh, wow. Um, now, after uh, that, I'm doing this interview with you. Uh, the Canes, the, the Ducks are practicing at 10.30 at the their practice rink. Uh, after that, the Canadians at noon at the Honda Center in Anaheim. After that, I have some reporting to do for TVA Sports. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a kind of a similar day. Instead of a noon practice for the Canadians, it's going to be 11.30 practice. The only difference between today and tomorrow is going to be, a, there'll be a game, obviously, in, in Anaheim. 
So, um, so I'll be, I'll be covering the game. So it's, it starts early and it, it ends uh, pretty, pretty late. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'd imagine. And I mean, especially with the, with the time difference, now the Habs are headed out West. So that's, yeah, you have to adjust. Of course, it's, uh, it's difficult. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt about that. So while we're talking about no Canadian, um, I want to know your thoughts on the Canadian season so far and where this team is going in the future, in your opinion. Well, they're going, they're, they're trending in the right direction, but it's going to be a grind. It's not going to be something given to them. Um, I believe that they'll have to work really, really hard to, uh, you know, realize that they, they need to do uh, way more to be a better a better team. Um, so they're in a rebuilt mold right now. Even if you have really young, good players, um, you know, the, this league is not going to give it to you. You need to to work really, really hard. And so it's kind of a learning process for them right now. Um, uh, but I believe that they'll be a really, really good team in probably two, three years, hopefully. Um, you know, if you look at their decor, uh, it's going to be one of the best decor in the league probably in three years. Uh, if you look at the forwards, probably that they'll, they'll need a kind of a another superstar type of player um, or a star to help Cole Caulfield and, and Nick Suzuki. And after that, uh, goaltending is going to be a question mark. But they they have a couple of good prospects coming in. But in three years, it's they're going to be still young. So probably that they'll need to find another goalie to support. Uh, uh, Samuel Montambo. Uh, so we'll we'll see how things are going to evolve. Hopefully, Caden uh, Primo can do the job. So that's why they're they they he's got you know to play some big bigger games right now to see what's uh, behind his belt. But no, I see a good future with this uh, organization. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I think they're definitely like you said they're moving in the right direction. Um, but but they they have to build up obviously like right? this year you know they're not gonna go anywhere this year and next year probably the same thing but if they keep pushing to it you know you know hopefully hopefully they'll be a, a Stanley Cup contender soon yeah sooner than later but you need to take your time I think <laughs> the goal of the organization is not to be good for two years it's to be good like the Tampa Bay Lightning for a long stretch exactly and then so my final question for you is that there has been a lot of rumors and talk about the NHL expansion and looking to bring back the Quebec Nordiques. So I was wondering, would you like to see a team back in Quebec? Me personally, for sure. I mean, the the rivalry Mm -hmm. between the Canadians and the, you know, the Nordiques was, was unique. Um, obviously, it would be different today. I don't think it would be the same because uh, you know the game has changed over the years. But uh, yes, it, it will be something uh, spectacular. Is it going to happen? You know, I always said, and I and I'm going to say by saying this, it's nothing against uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman, someone that I appreciate, but it's more about the reality. I don't believe that Gary Bettman wants a team in Quebec, so. He's still a commissioner, and because of that, I don't think there's much hope. Uh, but that being said, it could change. Uh, you never know what, what can happen over the next uh, few years. Uh, maybe commissioner is going to change his mind. 
but until but until then i i believe that it's not going to happen uh, if, if there's no changes at that position uh, sooner than later we'll see but uh no i don't expect uh, the nordics to to be in quebec soon okay renault thank you very much merci beaucoup for taking the time to do this today um i, I what can i say you're, you're truly inspirational you know every time i i wish i caught tv aspor but Luckily, mm-hmm. I can I, I get it on my computer sometimes, so I, I get the pleasure of seeing you do your thing on TV. So it, it's always great. Um, and you know, maybe next time you're in Toronto, maybe I'll run into you somewhere. So <laughs> no problem. Come and see me, and it was a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, sounds good. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you, Renault. Thank you very much. Take care. You've been listening to the Keeping It Sporty podcast on Spirit Live Radio. Don't forget to listen to us on Spotify, Apple or on our website at keepingitsporty.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at keepingitsporty. That's K-E-E-P-I-N with no G, it, sporty, S-P-O-R-T-Y. I've been your host, Elias Dracos. So long, and see you next time.